Sandra joined us on the show today. She had all kinds of ghostly activities going on in her house, mm-hmm. and uh, we knew people died in that place. Yes, plus uh, Mike Bryant came through about uh, shooting at drones, Yep. and I finally announced that I'm moving. That's right. Yeah, that's. Uh, that was, I think that went very well. I think so, I was too. wondering how that was going to go, and I think it went well. None of us cried. No, I was close. <laughs> <laughs> You'll hear it all right now on the podcast. Kevin Wood. Whenever we have something big going on, we like to loop everyone into it because, uh, I don't know, we hang out every morning and it just would make sense that we would do that. Right. And there's a big show announcement right now. Mm-hmm. And it's on you, Wood. Well, yeah. And so if you've ever listened to the show, you know that nothing is more important than me, than my family. Right. Uh, my family is my A1 priority, which I think many people understand and most people agree with. Absolutely. And... There's been a deal in my family, the oldest sibling, one of their main jobs is to take care of their parents. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't do it by myself or anything like that, but I have always said that at some point, someday it's going to come that my parents are going to need me to take care of them. Right. And that day has come Mm -hmm. and it sucks, but it's tough seeing your parents get older. If you've ever listened, you know that my mom and dad have not been in good health and they have gone downhill. Yeah. And I'm not going to put my parents, you know, all their medical business out there. I'm not getting caught up in a HIPAA violation. <laughs> right. you know, they'll definitely come in. That's the last me. thing you need. But my parents need help. Uh, my mother needs a kidney transplant. My mother needs dialysis. My father needs help. Yeah. My father needs care. If you don't know, my parents live in Las Vegas. Uh-huh. It is really tough. This past week and a half, my mom was in ICU. Now, you're probably thinking... If my mom was in ICU, I would be there. The problem is my mom is in ICU, sadly, a lot. Mm-hmm. She's been in and out of the hospital a lot. Kelly, I know you go through this with your mom. Right. It's tough. And I just made the decision with my wife, with my family. I said, we've got to get closer to my parents. Mm-hmm. And it, it just, I, I went to my, the owner of this company is phenomenal. I went into his office, name's Bob Layton, went into his office, said, Bob, this is what's happening. I, I, I've got to go. I've got to move. So I am moving. Mm-hmm. The great part about this is Bob said, let's find a way to keep you on the show, to keep you a part of this company. And I said, okay, you, you understand I'm not moving, you know, three towns over. I'm moving states. Totally get it. Let's make it work. And shout out to you, Kelly. Shout out to our boss, JD, our engineer, Tony. They have figured out a way that, hey, we can make this happen. Right. It is going now. If you're probably wondering, well, the show is going to sound weird. We've already done this. Now I'm not living in another state. No, you're still here. I can see you. I can touch you. But we have gone through and we have done tests of me broadcasting from different locations. Yep. Not a single person's texted in, called in. Hey, that sounded weird. You guys sound different. Now it's going to be like that. And I'll say this: just you know, you and I have worked together so long now that. Mm -hmm. I know your speech pattern so well because I'm the one hitting all the buttons for everything at moving everything along. So it's like, I know when you're going to hit a punchline. I know when you're done talking. So five years ago, we couldn't have done this. Right. There's no way we could have done it. Now it's like, all right, we know each other well enough. We know each other's ins and outs. And so the show really won't change at all. No, I can't imagine. No, it won't. And I'm going to work very hard because that was, that was a big thing with this too, is I was like, I want you to be able to, I'm I'm sad Mm -hmm. because I love hanging out in this studio with you in the morning. We have... Off the air, it's nonstop laughter. Right. So I'm kind of bummed out about that. But I, I was like, how great that you get to do this, that we work for a company that will allow you to do this. Right. 
And it's just, and I'm happy for you. Not that, I mean, obviously it's, you know, your parents' health declining, but it's like you get to do this thing that's very important to your family. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's that's top notch. That's everything. Right. And that's like how important it was to me is, I, and I said, like, look, if you don't want to do this, I totally understand it. Because when they threw out the idea, you kind of think, there's no way we can yeah, make this work. Right. And I said, look, if you want to take it back, I understand maybe it's the heat of the moment. I won't hold it against you, but I've got to go. Like, I have got to go take care of my parents. Yeah. And no, let's let's go ahead and do this. So over the weekend, Friday, we actually listed my house. Shout out to my realtor, Sarah Nye. The house sold in t- less than 24 hours. Yeah. My house is now sold. I have a closing <laughs> date and I'm and I am moving. Um we're moving to Tennessee. Yep. Uh, my parents are going to be moving from you're probably thinking well a hey, dummy your parents are <laughs> you missed the mark a little bit. My parents will be moving from Las Vegas and the great part about it is we're moving back where we have family support. Right, which my is very important. Aunts and uncles live close. My cousins live close. My brother lives close and no longer hey mom's in the hospital. And I feel there is no worse feeling. And I'm going to turn into Kelly Jordan here for a second here. That's, but there's no worse feeling than getting a call saying, hey, your parents are in the hospital, whether it's from your mom or your dad, and not being able to be there, yeah. not being able to help. And call, I honestly, God, I know the hospital's phone number by heart yeah. to call and check on my parents. I couldn't do that anymore. So it'll be a big change. Um, but here's the good news. This company is like, look, we're going to fly you back for events. Yeah. So we're going to fly you back for WeFest, for the CMA party, for the Kellywood Christmas party. Yeah. All these things that you would come in and see us at, I'm still going to be there. I'm not going to be a computer screen in the corner <laughs> right. popping up. Oh, hey. <laughs> right. I appreciate that. It's just, I've reached this point in my life. Watching your parents get older is hard. Oh, man. It's, it's there's no other feeling in the world than having to take care of your parents. It's bizarre. And, not and honestly, it's been hard for me seeing if my dad's in the hospital, my mom's got to carry that weight by herself, or if my mom's in the hospital, my dad's got to do it. It just it can't go on like that anymore. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in fact, ironically enough, the Kelly Wood Christmas party, I sign our papers the next day. I walk. I graduate from St. Cloud State the next day. Right, and then that's the day we're taking off and driving down there. So I've got a ton of crap to do. It's gonna be, I had no I had no idea that this house was going to sell that quick. Yeah, I was shocked when you texted me like, dude, it's sold already. I was like, okay, well, I, this is happening. <laughs> Less than 24 hours, all said and done, boom. So that's great, but now I've got to do a ton of packing, got to figure some things out. And uh, But I just wanted everyone to know, because if there ever is a day where it doesn't sound weird or something sounds a little funky. There may be some growing pains with this. Right. But that's okay. Like, it's... It, this show is, yes, it's important to our livelihood, mm-hmm. but there's so many more other things out there that are important. It is. And that's what's important. And, and again, huge shout out to this company. And again, if this goes down in flames, I'll have no problem with this company telling me, hey, you've got to go. Right. This isn't going to work. They gave it a shot. I think it'll be fine. I know it will be. Because we, you and I, this is going to sound kind of cocky, but you and I don't fail. Like, right. we'll we'll work at it and work at it and work at it till we get it right if mm-hmm. something's wrong. I, I have no, I, like I said, I'm sad. Right. Because, you know, it's going to be, I'm going to be in here alone. Hello? <laughs> Jennifer Leverett? <laughs> Anyone? But I, I'm just I'm happy that this is able to happen for you and your family. I think it's I think it's great, you know. Yeah. And and shout like you said, shout out to Leighton Broadcasting because there ain't a lot of places that would allow that to happen. No, and it's just it's it's gonna suck leaving Minnesota because I have loved 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 my time here. Like yeah. I I'm telling you, there is no nicer place on earth than the than the upper Midwest 
Yeah. For summers, it is just phenomenal. All the people I have met, it, it, you guys don't understand how it means the world to me. This is the place both of my kids were born and raised. Yeah. Took their first steps, spoke their first words, all that. But you know how it goes. Life life changes. You got to adapt with it. And yeah. this is just a. I'm telling you, we won't ever really bring it up. We won't draw attention no. to it. But I just Except thought for it, when I'm angry as hell that it's <laughs> 48 below zero here, and you're like, "Yeah, we're going to the beach later." Yeah, it's nice actually. It's a tad nippy at 41. I'm gonna sa- oh, I'm gonna sabotage you. Yeah, Mike Woods Mike never works. <laughs> I think you guys need to fire him. But uh, again, in all these text messages, I'll try to go back and respond to them. I really do appreciate it. I think it, people understand. Everyone gets it. Family comes first and stuff. And yep. it's just this case. Of this having to happen. Favorite morning show. Morning show. It's Kelly and Wood. Kelly and Wood in the morning. Did someone die in Sandy's house? That is what we are finding out today. Now we have Sandy on the phone with us right now. And we're going to find out, Sandy, why do you think your house is haunted? Okay, so my sister and I were going through my mom's closet as we were trying to pack up some of her clothes. And um, we found my brother's old Ouija board, which I remember him having as a kid. And... I never liked it because it was weird. And yeah. then not only did not only did we find that, but we found the the planchette. But we found a very large one that was you could tell was very old. Okay, so, yeah, what what is that? Is that the that, that's a device that you put your hands on okay. and move it on the Ouija board? Okay. okay. Oh. So I I know. So I uh, we packed up, put it back in the closet, and. I told my husband, and we left. And another time we were over at the house, my son was getting this weird feeling. And he's like, Mom, this doesn't feel right. Something doesn't want me here. So I said, okay, connect with your spirit guides and ask questions. And the second I said that, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I know what it is. So I ran upstairs, looked in the closet, and, oh, my goodness, not only did I see the board game and that big planchette, but I also found the big wooden board that belonged to that other thing, and that had never been there. I'd never seen that board and that large planchette ever, ever in that house. I remember the, the you know, Warner Brothers or Parker Brothers yeah. board game growing up, but that, I didn't see that one ever, and so that was really creepy. Oof. So I said, call your, call your psychic medium friend <laughs> and ask her about it, and she said, take that home and she walked him through like a ritual slash clearing to kind of um, cleanse and let's say deactivate the board. Mm -hmm. And she felt that it was kind of becoming a portal. That's like the movie Poltergeist. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really weird. And then after he passed, um, you know, have you ever been around someone who dies and you, and you hear of them take their last breath? Uh, Unfortunately. Yes. Yeah. And so, since we're a little more open to feeling energy now, since others have passed that we've been around, it was so weird. I asked my son, I said, hey, do you feel this? And he's like, yeah, mom, the entire room is full. You know, imagine closing your eyes and feeling like this room is full of people. That's what it felt like. And the second he took his last breath and was gone, poof, they were all gone too. Wow. And I feel like those were, you know, family members coming to take him home. So yeah. that was a good thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then as we were having to care for the house, my husband and a friend were shoveling the sidewalks last winter. And these kids were coming to help shovel because kids like to do that sometimes. And they're like, hey, do you, do you believe in spirits? My husband's like, yes, I do. And he says, um, 
in the front, there's, of course, I'm in the hospital, and you can hear the them cleaning the hallway now. Sorry about that. That's all right. <laughs> oh. I thought, honestly, I thought the spirits took <laughs> yeah, you for a second. Like, well, she's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Um, so then the kid was saying that when they're at the front shoveling, they're like, there's a nice old lady that they saw in the front. And we're like, okay. And then as they were shoveling this, the side sidewalk, they're like, there's a crabby, crabby old man back here. <laughs> and we chuckled because we're like, yep, my mom would be the, you know, friendly old lady. And then the, you know, crabby one was my stepdad because they, you know, both passed away in the house. So Okay. <laughs> Holy moly. Yeah. yeah. And then years ago, after my mom had died in 2000, I had this weird dream. And I felt like... And so I told my stepdad about it, and he says, you know why you don't like, why my mom didn't like sleeping in her room upstairs? And I'm like, no, I just figured she fell asleep on the couch. They're like, no, she felt like there was something there. But, yeah, so just weird things like that. Yeah. Now, I noticed you said stuff about, like, the spiritual and other things like that. Are are you, like, a, a pretty spiritual person? Yeah, yeah. And what's crazy is my husband... Even though he does, he's not a disbeliever, actually he's a believer, but he himself has seen, um, he saw like our my aunt who is in the process of dying, he saw her in our bathroom one night and couldn't go back to sleep. Um, and then now that he's up here in the ICU, he's like, yes, I thought I heard someone talking to me and when I turned over, he, they were gone. <laughs> and he's like, so, and then my brother-in-law had said that he heard a spirit talking to him when he was in the hospital too, so you know. Oh my gosh. They're around. <laughs> Holy. Do we even need to do anything else? Of it? <laughs> I think we have all the evidence we need here. Yamahama. <laughs> we did run a report. Now, you, you said that you do know that obviously two people passed away in the house, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Wood has a report here. So, we're going to see if anybody else passed away in the house and find out how many spirits are haunting that thing. Oh, okay. Interesting. All right. So, just hold on for a minute. We'll be right back with that. Kelly and Wood. All right, Sandy's got all kinds of haunting stuff going on at her house, and she knows of two people that did pass away in the house, two family members of hers, but what, you've ran the report on her address. Yeah, just want to double check we got the right address here. Um, the one you're calling about is 50 in Grand Forks, correct? Correct. All right. Now, how long have you guys, or you said, was it your mom's house? Like, How long has this house been in yeah. the family? Um, okay, I got to calculate my age. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, they've owned it for 53 years. Okay. Okay. Now, the house was built in 1914. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So it goes back a little bit. So I'm going to throw out a couple of names here, and you just tell me if you know who these people are, all right? Um, I'm okay. going to guess you know Dan. Um, it's actually not Dan. It's Carol and William. Okay, gotcha. All okay. right. Um yep. What about like um she's still alive and she's my sister. Okay. okay. Yep. yep. I that, that, that yeah, I'm just throwing out names. I'm not telling you who's passed oh, yep, away or yep. anything. Yeah, that would be my mom who was You do mention uh I'm guessing this is not news to you, but your parents have both passed away, but they do have a mark down that they passed away inside the home. Yes. Now your father passed away it looks like back in 2001. No, my mom died in 2000. Yep, 2000. Oh, I'm sorry, two, uh, 2021. Yeah. Excuse me. 20. Oh, yes, yes. That was my stepdad, yep. Okay. okay. So before, now how long, Sandy, did you say you lived in the house? 
Um, my parents, my my mom and my real dad owned it for since nineteen uh, seventy, I suppose. Okay. So so fifty two years. Has there always been stuff like this going on, or is it just after they passed that it kind of ratcheted up a little bit? I think after they passed, it kind of ratcheted up. But I always kind of did feel sort of. Weird in my house, like I didn't really want to stay there longer than I had to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, my so my dad passed away in my mom and dad's house, right in his in his bedroom. Really? Yeah. And yeah. I always like it's weird that I have a hard time going in that room, but I do always feel uneasy when I go in there. And I don't. It, it could just be like because I know that's the room my dad died in, so mm-hmm. it could just be my mind playing tricks on me. But like it's it's like sometimes my my hearing will kind of go like real like I can't really hear very well in there and stuff like it's really weird when someone dies inside of a house like if they leave energy there I don't know about that kind of stuff yeah, but yeah but I always wonder yeah. that myself when I go in that room now you yeah. say you're in touch with this kind of stuff is what Kelly experiences in those kind of rooms is that normal in your experience. Yeah, I felt that, and and you know, one time I was on a vacation and I really I walked by someone and and my son's like, don't walk, don't make eye contact, and I felt like I should give him our leftovers because he looked kind of homeless and he's, but as we were walking by, I sensed that there was something very strange, not just being homeless, but just like a weird energy. So as you develop or become more sensitive to energy, you kind of catch on to some of that. Wow. Yeah, it's strange, but cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like one of those things. Like I think that that would be fun to have, but then also I, I don't know, man. There, the ignorance is bliss in some of this, you know. It would be like that movie where yeah, what's his, true. What, it'd be like that movie where Bruce Willis can hear women's thoughts. Is that Bruce Willis? That's or was Mel that? Gibson. Mel Gibson. Yeah, Bruce Willis is the guy who sees dead people. That's yeah. right. Yeah, but it would be cool to hear yeah. women's thoughts at first, no, and then you and then you'd be like, oh my god, <laughs> ew! Why does everyone keep saying ew? <laughs> That's not about us. Well, the good news here is, Sandy, uh, after running this report, yes, the two people that you know of are the only people that I have down here. Um, Your house was never used as a meth den. Is the family Uh still, or is the the house still in your family? Um, Yes, temporarily. We're in the process of trying to sell it. (laughs) Not any. They started. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Don't worry. I beeped the address. You're good. Uh Okay, good. (laughs) Now everyone else still in the house is like, oh, man. Well, Sandy, we appreciate you coming on with us this morning and giving us that story. That's super interesting. Yeah, yeah. Kelly and Wood. It is now time for Minute to Win It, where Wood will throw out a topic, and we got to come up with as many things in that topic as we can within one minute. The last one to get theirs out before the buzzer goes off wins. That's right. We are joined by Brian Riley for this one, because this is a three-man game. Mm-hmm. What do you got for us today, Wood? What's the topic? All right. I want to know living quarters. Uh, somewhere that you could live huh. in. Okay. Since you and I went to New York and stayed in a broom closet. <laughs> I thought it was cozy. Mm-hmm. Wait. <laughs> so places you could live in or people like, places people actually live in? Yeah, people that actually, like somewhere that you would say, like if I said I lived in a house, that's normal, right? Some sort of domicile. Right. So exactly. think maybe even outside the box a little bit. All, All right. right. Okay. I think we can do this one, <laughs> but we'll, only time will tell. Hey, these are hard to come up with every day, guys. I, I know, and you know what? I tip tip of the hat to you, sir. Thank you. All right, is everybody ready? I am. All right, places <laughs> you can live. <laughs> Good, I have a shot at this one. All right, here we go. In three, two, one, let's go. House. Townhouse. Hotel. Apartment. Motel. Condo. Holiday Inn. Hey, you guys are burning through on yours? 
then you burning through the mountain. There's like seven. What do you mean burning? A box, car under a bridge, a van, a motorhome. How about a tent? Tent is good. What about a cabin? Did somebody say cabin yet? No. HTP. Ah, dang, that was one of my. Yeah, I had a figure. I had a feeling. Yeah. What about a lean-to? Oh yeah. A what? A poor man's TP. What about uh, a Quonset hut? Uh, what, what about, about a boat? Boom! I was oh, about to say yeah. boathouse for house Kelly. Boat. A yacht? Does that count as a houseboat? Yeah. Yeah. Cruise ship. So yeah. all boats are off now. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I got. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna say it. treehouse. Hippies could do it. Yeah. Yep. And the Ewoks did, of course. How about you just say Mother Nature? I'm tapped out. All right. Mother Nature. You just live with the live with the just beasts. Out in the open. Yeah. You always hear about in Hollywood, a bungalow. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Thank you. I got one left here. So do I. Hostel. I feel like Brian's went over the buzzer a little what? bit. How is mine always over the buzzer? This is nonsense. Because you, <laughs> you wait too long. Because you wait too long. Did you say a hostel? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you can live yeah, in a hostel. Those yeah. are big in Europe. Yeah. That's the. That was the only other. And don't you stay with a bunch of other folks? Like I think you are literally. It's like twenty of you guys just staying in one room. Oh, that'd be so. It's like it's like summer camp for adults, but you don't want to hang out with those people in the room. But it's like it's like a super cheap way to travel, right? Like you spend twenty bucks and you get a shower and a bed, supposedly, right? With a shot at bed lice, <laughs> with someone crawling in with, to bed with you in the middle of the yeah. night, right? Yeah. And you're in Europe, so I'm out. <laughs> 100%. Fair point. Who are we deeming the winner of today's Minute to Win? And I think it was Wood. I got to be honest with you. We got to go back to instant replay. They bring right, we'll it to you. Send it to New York. We'll have to. <laughs> <laughs> you got to. We'll have to check the tape. For now, as it stands, Wood is the potential winner of Minute Fake. to Win. It. It's time for Happy Hour. Focusing on the good news with Kelly and Woods. I got great news for you. I can't imagine being in this woman's position. Her name is Michelle Mendez, and she was a single mother of six. And she was also homeless. Mm. Now, she was trying her hardest to get a job, but without a car, you would imagine that's tough. It's very tough. And that's got to be one of the... Boy, I, I was just thinking about this as I was reading the story. Once you get to a certain point, it's probably so hard to try and get just back to a normal level because you're homeless with six kids. Okay, now you're trying to get your life back on track, but you don't have a car to do it. And now the backslide just continues. Yeah, just to get to that level spot's got to be so hard. Well, there's some place called the Giving Words Initiative, and these people they try and help homeless people get their life back together so that they can be a back where be a productive member of society again. Well, mm-hmm. uh, Casey Hollins, who heads up the whole thing, said, "What we're going to do is we're going to get a car. We're going to have some local high school kids fix it up for her." Because it was an automotive class at the local high school. They thought that way we can buy a car that's not quite as expensive, you know, a nice looking car, but maybe with some mechanical problems that these kids can fix. Well, the Giving Words Initiative did exactly that. They got a car, brought it to the high school, the high school kids worked on it, and then they gave it to Michelle Mendez 100% free. Here she is talking about it. They've really been helping me, and to get this car is just a blessing. You know, this has been hard as a single mom. And I really appreciate everything to make this happen. As you can imagine, that's an emotional moment. And the kids were just over the moon excited that they were able to do this for somebody and help them get their life back on track. Well, and, you know, not only that, but they're learning a skill. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're learning a skill to work on cars, not to mention that, but you're also seeing that your skills, your impact, what you did Mm -hmm. had such an impact on someone else. Yeah. That is... That's life-changing, man. The ripple effect, man. We talk about it all the time. 
I mean, think about it. Let's say 30 kids worked on that, right? Like, I don't know how many kids would be in a shop class or anything like that, but let's just say it's 30. Yeah. Even if half of those kids see that what that, that impact that they made and said, hey, maybe I can do something else down the road. You know, it th- just keeps going. Gives me hope for the future, sir. And it's amazing how often we see kids, youngsters, and I don't care if you're talking five years old or 25 years old. People are good. You just got to pay attention to it because things like this happen all the time around us. And you turn on the news and it's a bunch of idiot politicians fighting with each other over stupid things. Yeah. There's good around us. We just don't pay, take the moments it, you need to to see it. Don't say that so fast because we do here. And that's why we do it. Every single day we do it. It's a little something called happy hour, all thanks to Audio Video Extreme. Kelly and Wood. I think the drones are tracking the children. Good Lord. That's what we have up today in Better Call Brian as we are joined by Mike Bryant from the law offices of Bradshaw and Bryant. So this is a pretty interesting question that came in to us. Uh, of course, you know, kids are back at school getting off the buses. Now, we have someone who says... I think a person in our neighborhood is flying a drone, and I think they are following kids and keeping an eye on schedules. Jeez. I have seen one following kids when they get off of the bus. My question is, am I committing some sort of crime if I shoot this thing down? <laughs> now, they clarify, maybe not with a gun, but I've seen on YouTube some other kind of devices. <laughs> okay. Because I, I, I keep the kids safe, right? <laughs> so, Okay. Couple things. I mean, are there local laws that prevent you from shooting in public, whatever device you want to use? <laughs> if so, yes, you'd be breaking the law. It doesn't just give you the right to shoot things out of the air. <laughs> Second is, um, do you know who the neighbor is that's doing this? And why not just go see the neighbor and say, why are you doing this with your drone? Yeah. Okay. Is the neighbor doing it to their own kids? What is <laughs> what, what part of that lazy. is? <laughs> and my biggest concern in hearing the story is this would be the type of thing where the drone's up there, he shoots at it, misses, and shoots one of the kids. Right. Yeah. That, right. Because there are kids in here. <laughs> yeah, in introducing gunplay made <laughs> yeah, up here. Right. Here. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's my biggest concern. If there's truly a concern, call the cops and say, there's this drone following these kids go find out what's going on yeah let them shoot it down <laughs> let them deal with it you know let them follow the drone and you know do that but but first start with it are you breaking the law by just shooting wherever you're shooting mm-hmm. and if you are then i wouldn't that would not be my remedy now if it's following my kids i'd find out who's doing it and go see them yeah that's where I would be. I'd say, yeah. That's what I think of. Like, oh my God, you know, because if you figure out a kid's schedule, you know, yeah. man, it takes drop of a hat. And is it this person's kid or are they watching the kids that leads to the drone watch the kids? And what, why are they watching the kids? <laughs> Wasn't too clear. This may be a neighborhood watch type situation. So, but if you, like, if you deem that a drone was doing something, because we've talked about them like flying over your backyard and stuff yep, before. Over your property. And yeah. say you were to take a bat to it, if it was low enough and you took a bat and knocked it out of the air, then could that person come at you and be like, hey, you damaged my property? Not if it's over. I mean, if it's over your property, they got an issue because there's an invasion of property okay. issue. And what what are they going to do? Sue you for the value of the bro- drone? They say it's over my property, and yeah. Yeah. I don't want it over my property. And then you got those questions. Here comes Kelly in his underwear with a shotgun, yeah. Yeah. waiting for it to come into his yard. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's good to know because, like I said, I mean, especially if there are kids involved, and you know, I, I honestly How creepy is that. Well, man? when I first thought of it, I thought, and again, I'm a tad lazy. But if I were a big brother and I had like a drone and I had to get my brother off the bus or something like that, I'd just be waiting to be like, all right, I, was, I had eyes on him the entire time, Ma. You know, but who knows?
else. I take laziness to a new height. <laughs> oh, man, I can see that happening in the not-too-distant future. Everybody just has a drone following them around so their parents can keep an eye on Nanny drone? Oh, my God. Big brother! <laughs> Close. Yeah. All right, before we get our aluminum foil hats on... Yes. Well, we're carrying a, a, a tracking device in our pocket most of the time. Right. That's true. That's true. But China, I, that's just China. All the people that are concerned, we're carrying a tracking <laughs> device all the time. So, you know. Uh, uh, it's always boy. fun to get the little uh, messages saying, hey, this is where you've been the last week. Right. Yeah. How did like, you like your meal here? It's like, hey, oh, I didn't tell you. <laughs> what is it? Like the new Apple 15, like the brand new one, like one of their like selling features was if you're in a crowd of people, it can like track you to like a square inch yep. of where you're at. My yeah. God. That is haunting. That is. Yeah. yeah. Hey. Oh, what are you going to do? You just got to embrace it. Yeah. Emba- embrace Big Brother. Shoot it if it comes out over your yard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll do this again next week when we are joined by Mike Bryant from the Law Offices of Brad, Sean Bryant, and Better Call Bryant. Sometimes Kelly finds things interesting that uh, no one else does. And I mean no one. It's time for Maybe It's Just Me. You know, whenever you see, like, old pictures of, like, settlers and stuff like that, you assume that those people are just void of emotion, right? That they were just tough, and they knew they had to be tough, and just did what they did every single day. No laughing on the trail? Right. Well, this is an amazing story. So back in the 1880s, American farmers who were living in very sparsely uh, lived areas, populated areas is the word I'm looking for, Mm -hmm. they figured out a way to use steel barbed wire to create telephone lines. Now, they could connect up to 20 phones together on these barbed wire lines, so, like, if they were to pick up and call somebody, all 20 phones would ring. They didn't have it, but it was a way to just carry a signal so that they could talk to each other because otherwise they said that sometimes these guys would go months without seeing another human being. And so to prevent depression, they connected themselves all together through these barbed wire, quote-unquote, phone lines so that if they needed to talk to somebody, they could pick up the phone and at least hear another human voice and have a conversation. Because you can imagine living alone... And imagine you're in the middle of the prairies, right? And yeah. it's winter time, and you got nobody. You don't even know where your family is, probably, and you're alone. Well, now at least you can be like, "Hey, Steve, what's happening on your end?" Nothing. All right. Cool. Let's get Joe on the phone. Oh, thank God, this was so good for my mental health. Click. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even calling you. Click. <laughs> right. The serotonin is insane. <laughs> but would not you? In that amazing note, they figure out how to use barbed wire to create phone network lines. So do they basically make it like one of those tin can things where you just connect it to one? That's what and I'm then thinking. Essentially, yeah. But it, it carried enough of an electrical current that it would carry the signal. Should we try that? Nah. Ourselves, no, uh, we're gonna burn something down. Yeah, I don't mess with electricity. Yeah, and electricity with barbed wire—that's uh, that's two things I don't want to. Yeah, mess but that's with. the most hardcore phone line of all time. It's true. Yeah, it's think about it. no one else has barbed wire on their phone lines. We also have these devices that don't have any lines connected to them. If you want to call me, dude, just call me. No, I'm good. We can I- chat. <laughs> now, my thing is, you would have no privacy on those. Could you imagine talking trash about one of your neighbors all of a sudden he's here? I'm here. (laughs) Eric, hang up. I'm talking trash about you in your yard, you know. But, hey, it's better than nothing. Yeah. I thought it was super cool, man. Like, just the fact that they figured it out. That's what I'm saying. Like, farmers seem like they could just fix anything. Like, back in the 1880s and even up until this day. I guess you would have to, though, with that million-dollar equipment, I'm sure, when it breaks down. If you called someone out to fix it every time, you know, yeah. it probably cost you a lot of money. Well, I tell you what, this had to be the birth of the prank phone call. Right. Because, I mean, good luck. You know, there's no Star 69 in on this. Yeah, but there's 20 people. You just, process yeah. of elimination. <laughs> Deny till you die. 
So none of you called me and asked me if my refrigerator was running? None of you? What's a refrigerator? <laughs> I mean, lockbox. Ha <laughs> 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 ha, got him. <laughs> Either way, I find it to be amazing. I thought this was a good one to start the week out with. If you guys didn't, I totally understand. But sometimes I'm going to be the only one that finds them interesting, and that's cool, everybody, because I don't mind looking you right in the eye and saying to your face that, <laughs> maybe it's just me. Making you feel better about yourself every morning. It's time to get trashy with Kelly and Wood. It sure is. Wood will now give a story with some trashy elements to it. We'll give it a trashy score and put it up on the trashy scale in the trash flash. We're headed to Florida. Yes. That's where we have ourselves a young man named Johnny Yates. Now, I don't know about you, Kelly Jordan. If I was wanted by the police, mm-hmm. I would A, probably turn myself in. Well, yeah. Handle your business. Let's get to the bottom of it right here and now, right? Right. Maybe maybe you'll get some time off for good behavior. Maybe I would find a new haunt. If I wasn't willing to you know, walk the line like you like to say. Yes. And get right with the the good book. I would maybe, I don't know, stay somewhere different. Not Johnny Yates. Instead, Johnny Yates, well, he was on the run. He was wanted for aggravated assault charges. And he knew that the police were going to start looking for him. So when the police showed up to Johnny Yates' house, Johnny Yates thought he had the perfect cure-all for everything. What did he have, Kelly Jordan? An alias. No. Johnny Gates. Instead, he had himself a whiteboard that was attached to the front door of his apartment that said, Johnny Yates does not live here. Solid strategy. Now, I should add in that the not is all capitals and underlined. So you would think that the officers would walk up and say, well, job is done, boys. This place is clean. No need to knock on this door. So the authorities, though, decided uh, we're going to be a little more uh, investigative here and knocked on the door. When the door was answered, the person inside says, no, what are you talking about? Johnny Yates? Oh, he lives here. Sure enough. Yeah, in fact, Johnny's inside. You betcha. That's when authorities went in, but Johnny was hiding. It took authorities an hour to get everyone out of the home, and then they couldn't still find him. So what did they do? They smoked him out. Huh? They threw in what they're calling surrender smoke that filled the apartment. Jeez. And that's when Gates refused to come out. I'll go down with this ship. At this point in time, they heard coughing and said, you know what, we're going to go ahead and send the canine officer in. When they did, they found Yates. He was actually hiding in a modified chest of drawers. Did it have a sign on it that said, I'm not hiding in here? It did not. Maybe that would have helped him. Socks, not Johnny inside. Well, Johnny finally was found, and he was arrested. No word if he got any further charges for his zig when he should have zagged sign. All right. Oh, they locked him up. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't hit the... There we go. Lock him up. All right. Being wanted by the police would... It's trashy. Doesn't matter the scenario, it's trashy. Come on. Tell unless you're, unless you're, you're framed or something like right. that. Right. But then handle your business. Yeah, still. Eh. 150 points for being wanted by the police. Thinking that a whiteboard saying that you don't live there anymore is good enough strategy to avoid the police. It's trashy. You know when he filled it out, he thought to himself, 
This yeah. right here, this is the ticket. No one's ever done this before. I wish there were more people around to see my <laughs> crowning achievement. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to say, when they got if they ever got to smoke you out of somewhere... Seems trashy. That's trashy, man. Mm. I've never even heard of such a thing in all the years of us doing the trash flash. I've never heard of someone getting that. And that's rare to get a first. Right. Yeah. So we got that. Um, I don't. They had to send in the canine officer. That's trashy. That's trashy. That's another 175 points right there. He was arrested. That's 75. Also, I think you should get a few points if you have a, quote, modified chest of drawers to hide from the police in. Yeah, that's trashy. That's trashy. Yeah, I'm going to give that. I'll, you know what? I'll go ahead and give that another 150 points on there because this story did need a bigger score than what it had. Thank you. Uh, all right. We got a good one here. What are you ready? Come on now. Today. Our gentleman getting smoked out by the police earns himself a whopping 925 points. Trash. Kelly and Wood. Welcome to our bonus track. It's our very first break of the day that we tack on the end of the podcast. And uh, we talked a little bit about our trip to New York. And how we can do city living. No, we're not We're not cut out for it. Kelly almost killed me in his tennis shoe car, and <laughs> city living sucks. There's a good synopsis. It's our first break of the day. We tag it on the end of the podcast as a bonus track. Kelly and Wood. Excuse me. Come on, man. <laughs> uh, it was a little bit hectic getting on the air this morning. Lock it's, it up. It's weird. You take a few days out of here, and you come back, and you feel like you've never done radio in your life. I, I feel like a, a freight train, to be quite honest do you? with you. I, you've never been better? I have... I've been fired out of a cannon this morning. All right. Why? What happened? I don't know. All right. <laughs> I just, I am ready to go. I am locked, stocked, and ready for barge. All right. Sir. Does that even mean anything? Oh, it means, see? Well, you're not on my level. I, I'm not on your level. Let's hit the James Brown and we'll come on back. Huh? Oh, you want to hit James Brown this early? What we always do, Wood. Well, we usually talk a little bit, but. I, I got nothing to say to you. <laughs> <laughs> We spent the whole week together last week. I'm out of words for oh, you. Oh, I'm familiar. <laughs> Here, let's just hit it and we'll get the show moving. Are you ready? Let's go. That's nice. That was a sports reference just for you. Here we are back to do it this morning. Speaking of running out of words, so we had a little band family get together Saturday night. Oh, didn't get an invite, but all right. Well, your kid isn't in band or doesn't go to my kid's school either. And is much, much younger than my children. Don't but, confuse me with the facts, sir. But that being said, so I, I told my wife, I was like, all right, I don't want to, when I get nervous around people, I clam up, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have the appearance of being rude. Aloof. Right. So I had, my wife was like, why don't you have a couple of drinks before we go over there so you're feeling a little loose. What, what, what is she doing to me here? <laughs> she's booze. She's undoing all my hard work. No, she's boozing me up. Old boozy. Gotta have a little buzz going before we walk in the party. But I said, you know what? I'm also going to hit this five-hour energy before we go in there. Oh, no. That was a mistake, dude. Oh, no. I don't know what I was saying to people. I know people wanted to end conversations with me, and I wouldn't allow it to happen. Before it even started? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, this is bad. I, I woke up yesterday and was like, what did I even talk about at that party? Oh, yeah. So we definitely, they definitely probably thought I was on something. <laughs> they were probably like, so Presley's dad's a cokehead, I guess. Uh, that dude is a lot. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, I was so embarrassed. But any, I was I was a little bit tired after our trip to New York last week. Mm-hmm. So I had, to, I had to juice it up. I had to gas her up a little bit to go to this party. And so you decided to go full Friday morning. Friday morning, but with a little touch of booze in it, too. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was a mistake. Honestly, I don't know if I blame you. I blame your wife. For boozing me up? Yeah. For telling you, hey, this is a great idea. You got to give daddy a little of his medicine. Uh, as someone who has done his best to rebuild you. <laughs> 
She she just comes through like a tornado through the trailer park of my life. Hey, I and did, wrecks it. I did good in New York. I don't. I didn't. Yeah, have, you did. I That's what I'm saying. I didn't have one night where I was an embarrassment. Well, for other reasons. I was about to say, slow your roll there. Too but, much. But it was a fun trip, all in all. That's it, why we weren't here last week. If you don't know. It was. Unfortunately, I uh, didn't bring home the hardware, but that's okay. It's all right. I didn't expect us to win anyway. I will say this. Like, I'm a sports guy. Yeah. Right? Rich Eisen, very cool. That was cool. If you watch NFL, JB, James Brown. Yeah. Not the one who starts our show. Right. But the other James Brown, who's on yeah. CBS, who's on Fox. I thought his speech was phenomenal. So did I. He won like a Lifetime Award, gave a very good speech about his upbringing and things. Mm-hmm. And it was it was awesome just for that to see somebody just truly genuine and other people that you know I've known that have ever met him have said he's a super really great nice guy. He seemed. I will, seemed t- it. I will tell you this because it's not like that award show is. It's not televised. It's not right. you know. So for a big guy a celebrity like him to actually come to something like that speaks a lot about. It. I thought the same thing about Ryan Seacrest when he was there. Mm-hmm. I was like for a huge celebrity like that to come to this thing. That's ah, pretty neat. Yeah, it's it nice says a lot see. about their characters. So, yeah. but yeah, I mean, you know, but it was fun to walk the streets of New York as always. You know, and we almost didn't make it. Well, can we get to it? I was more. I was nervous about winning the award. I wasn't nervous about flying to New York. I was nervous about the car ride to the airport. And sure enough, one Kelly Jordan had to drive. <laughs> Had to no, we're going to take the Tiguan. We're going to take Tiguan. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Get on. Get in. Tiguan. Tiguan. Your truck is hard to park at the airport. Again, you didn't have to. But it's such a wide truck. It makes me nervous for you when we take your truck to the airport. So we get in the car. <laughs> we set off on our way. And sure enough, Kelly's, uh, you know, he's throwing out all these roads. Oh, I think maybe I'll take this way. Nah, nah. Nah, we're going we're gonna to take my back way. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> 15 minutes later, we're lost. <laughs> no, we weren't lost. I was just like, whoops, did I miss my turn? I don't remember. <laughs> That's lost. But we didn't miss the turn. I, 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 I held true to my beliefs, and we found Then it. you took me on a back road, and we're proceeding to drive on the wrong side of the road because you, quote, believed it was three lanes. <laughs> no, I thought it was a one-way. And, and the, the, the line, in my defense, mm-hmm. the line was very faded on that road. It was it was very weathered. It was stick to the right. MSP Airport, get out there and paint a line on that thing, man. I literally had my door open, ready to abandon ship if another car started heading our way. You were like, dude, you're on the wrong side of the road. I am hurtling down the road inside of an Air Jordan <laughs> towards traffic. Don't you dog the Tiguan? It, but to that be car fair, has been nothing but good to you. We parked it. It obvi- I think it rained like the entire time we were gone. Came back in. Not a single cent of mildew. I fixed it. I, I think you did. We're not going to do more hot car talk, though. It's, it's boring. I was very proud of that. Yeah, me too. I was quite worried about, you know, getting to the airport, but we did make it, and that is yeah. the start of our journey. The start of it. and we, we, we can get to it here in a few moments. I swear to you. Yes. Hand on the Bible. Yes. I can't live in New York. Oh, God, no. I, can, I would never want to live there. And look, I love our boss. Our, our, our boss, JD, came on the trip, right? Yeah. That dude is never again, never again allowed to pick our hotel. <laughs> our hotel was the most <laughs> aggravating, horrific experience. I disagree. I, <sighs> I thought it was cozy. 
<laughs> it was cozy. It was very a coffin is cozy. It was. I liked how the bathroom looked out into the living room. Hey, looked it, out. So the so the bathroom in this hotel was just like a glass enclosure inside of the room. And I was like, thank God, me and Wood aren't staying in the same room this time because now I'd really have to gaze upon the. It would be eye contact. <laughs> yeah. If not, we could hold hands. And there was no there was no good seal on that sliding door. There was no door. There wasn't. I took a shower and there was no door. But we'll get to all that in just a few. So, and honestly, I don't know if we won Best of Central Minnesota. That was announced when we were gone. Yeah. And it is borderline impossible to find it online. I was looking last night and then I was like, oh, we didn't win. I was like, oh, wait, this is 2017. Mm -hmm. I don't think we won 2017. We didn't. We weren't even working together in 2017. Correct. So we did not win that year. Just just give you a little update. We did not win 2017. So if anyone does have an idea of if we did win, please let me know. And if not, you know, I would love to know who did win. Right. Because a bunch of our coworkers were up for the award, too. And I was looking to see if anybody, any of our coworkers was like, hey, I won. And I, I found nothing. And honestly, that is the one that really means the most to me. Oh, 100%. Because that is voted on by people, you know, from right here that we talk to every day. We entertain. Uh, but we'll see if I can track down the answer on that. Also, we should mention the CMA party right around the corner. Yes, it is. Speaking of events that we love getting to hang out with people, it's all going down November 8th. That is next Wednesday. Oh, God, that's already next Wednesday. Yeah, it's quick. So you may want to keep your suit. All right, that you were. I got to get it back to wedding and tuxedo connection, man. Last time I had a suit, I kept it for like a month. They're like, "Hey, you got to return that thing." One of my favorite parts of the trip to New York is after the award show, everyone changed out of their suit to go out to the bars, and here comes Kelly Jordan, <laughs> full suit, full suit. <laughs> everyone else is in jeans and sweatshirts, and here comes Kelly Jordan, life of the party. I don't get to dress up often, and I didn't pack enough clothes. Mm-hmm. If I would have, if I, I would have had to have dipped into my Thursday clothes, if I would have went casual, so I was like, you know what? And you don't want that. I got a beautiful suit on. Thank you so much, Wedding and Tuxedo Connection. You look who, great. Who hooked me up in a week's time? Like mm-hmm. I called them and I said, is there any way I can get it? They had it in less than a week for me. That's nice. Shout out to them. I would have looked trashy otherwise. New, no. but uh, they hooked it up. So anyway, all right. Well, I wish I could say I was feeling refreshed, but. Uh, I don't know. A trip to New York is never really that relaxing, it feels like. It's so much walking. And we're to that age that almost if you go on a vacation, and if you do a vacation, right? Yeah. Man, it's tough to come back from. It is. It is. And I was I was texting our boss, JD, the other day, and I was like, man, it's hard to get back into a normal schedule. My wife isn't really cool with me having a drink at 9 o'clock in the morning. Well... But in New York, anything goes. I was about to say. <laughs> in New York, you can be a new man. She wouldn't have lasted. No. So he was like, yeah, it's tough to get back on that schedule. But I definitely need a detox this week. Well, good. Yeah, it's time. It's time to act like a grown-up again. Well, don't go, don't set the bar too high for yourself. I don't. I don't. Now, let's get to back to this hotel thing here, right? Yes. I love our boss, J.D., as you just mentioned. Yes. Good dude, but he loves, loves, loves being Mr. Trendy. He is. He's got a vibe. And, and I like it. He's I one, enjoy it. He is one of those guys that if everyone says something is cool, instantly we have to do it. Right. Now, that's fine and all. And this is what ends up, because when he gets to pick places, we go to all these weird, you know, like two years ago, we ended up in some dude's living room. You know, with, with hanging drinking out, martinis. With hanging out with you all the time, it's nice to hang out with someone with a little bit of culture. Fine. But here's the problem. He picked the hotel, and he picked this super trendy, hip, douchebag hotel. I'll go ahead and call it. I don't think it was. Because the it was 
the, the, the big selling point of this hotel is it's all robots. Right. Like you, when you check in, you don't check in with a person. You I check in at a kiosk. Uh, the only robot I saw was the luggage handling robot. That was the only one I saw. When you went to check in your bag, you had to do that. You had to take an elevator once you got in to another floor and then use another key card to get to your room. Yeah, it's New York. It was maddening. All right. So fine. Whatever. You don't like people. We're the opposite on that. <laughs> I like to talk to people. I like knowing that there's a human being there. Get to my room. I open it up. I, honest to God, thought I was being punked. I open this door. I am telling you right here and now, God is my witness. As you live in the Midwest, go to your largest walk-in closet. <laughs> Throw open your door. And that was my room. Now, I'm, I'm telling you, when I say you take a step in, you took a step into my bedroom. Yeah. You were on top of my bed. Yep. And the bathroom was real close. <laughs> and I, by the way, I'm using bed loosely. That's your fault, though. That's your fault for being so stubborn. Allow me to explain. I open the door. I step into my hotel room. Again, using room loosely here. I have a futon next to me. And I can reach out. From my door, mind you. Like, if I had one arm touching my door, I could put one arm inside my shower, which is on the other <laughs> side of my bed. Right. This room, I actually stepped it off. It was eight steps is by that, four steps. Is that all it was? Yeah. Okay. But, okay. So, the futon that you're talking about, that was a bed. I slept sitting 90 degrees up. That's your fault. Everyone said, dude, there's a button right next to the bed to lay it flat. I'm not hitting no stupid button. Only in New York do I rent a hotel room where I have to... It was was a 15-second ride to go from futon to bed. Manual labor make myself a bed in this. Manual labor was pushing a button and letting the motor do all the work. Now, here's the other thing. Boom. Bed. I... I am comfortable in defending myself, Mm -hmm. right? But I will tell you, even I was a tad unnerved laying and sleeping literally two feet from the hallway (laughs) as I hear people coming and going down the hall. Yeah. And there I am sleeping as I do buck naked. Uh, They would have been on the short end of that deal. And uh, there was, I never told you this. I thought, so Kelly Jordan was staying directly across the hall from me. Yes. The first night we get in there, at this point in time, because afterwards, like, we went to a very nice dinner. Yes. We went out for drinks afterwards. At this point in time, I've been up for probably 22 straight hours. Mm -hmm. A tad delirious. Yes. I get into my futon as I'm sitting up trying to get comfortable, (laughs) and I believe I hear Kelly Jordan in the hall. Again, see what you throw open the door. Thanks to this sweet closet I'm staying in, I can reach the door from my bed (laughs) and I open it up into the hallway expecting to see Kelly Jordan. Do I see Kelly Jordan? I I don't remember. If I was, I don't remember it. No, I saw a tiny lady who I believe was a stewardess. Is that the correct term for them now? Uh, Flight attendant. Fine. A flight attendant from, I believe, Air India staring back at me as there I am, nude from the waist up, sitting in my futon, because I was going to ask, hey. She probably renounced her American citizenship (laughs) at that point. I hate this country. I knew I hated this country. New York's disgusting. There's a fat guy in this closet, and this fat guy is asking me, hey, 
does your bed sit up too? Because huh. that's what I was going to ask. Is like, hey, does your bed? Did, it would, did I, you pay for a full bed? I don't want to hear about the bed anymore. That was a that was a fifteen second button that you had to push. That was it. I couldn't find it. It was right there. I, I, I couldn't find it because you didn't want to find it because you just you love to complain. You know when I actually did see it. When I had to use the commode the next morning and I could take a good purview of the <laughs> living room that I was then pooping in because there was no space. And oh, by the way, I didn't mention to you that I had an ironing board in my room that doubled as my kitchen table. <laughs> you didn't have a desk? I had a little desk in mine. I, I didn't have, have room for a desk. I must have got the sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I had no desk. I didn't even have a light. <laughs> but... Either way. I, I, you know what? We got a free trip to New York. You can't. Oh, I love that part. But it, it, it takes me back to that, again, quote unquote room. Yeah. Probably cost $2,000. Yeah. There's it, no way. I just, I, I cannot wrap my mind around living in New York City. I just saw a thing the other day that the median rent now in New York is like $4,500 a month. Not nah, What is that? 50, uh, over 50 grand a year. Yeah. In mm. rent. I, I, so you'd have to make like 125 grand just to have a decent life. If you were like single and making decent money, yeah. you would still have to live with another human being yep. in probably what we would deem a large closet and be like, hell yeah, brother. I just don't know. what It's like nothing to me is worth it. I'm with to, you. To spend that, to spend double a house payment on an apartment? I think New York's really cool to go and visit for maybe four days yeah. max and then say, you know what? This has been a riot. I'm getting out of here. I was such a tourist before, because I'm always up before everybody else. So mm. I hit Times Square and I was outside Good Morning America. I was like, oh man, I hope they come out and be like, I'm Kelly from Minnesota. Hi. <laughs> Why are you wearing a suit? 7 a.m. <laughs> I was like, I was even on the phone with my wife. I was sending her pictures. I was like, oh, there's Michael Strahan behind the desk right there. You can see him and Robin Roberts or whatever her name is. Mm-hmm. There too. I, I was touristy as hell. I didn't care. Sir, it looks like you slept sitting up. Were you? I didn't sleep sitting up because I don't mind pushing a button for 15 seconds. Were you staying at the Yotel by chance? <laughs> In the name of comfort, I got 15 seconds. Well, either way, it was a fantastic trip. Shout out to Leighton Broadcasting for sending us Man, there. Because there's a lot. Of, you know what? Last thing I'll say is there's a lot of radio people we know that didn't get to go. Mm-hmm. Who worked for other companies who weren't going to pay for it. So. Yeah. And that was probably the most expensive dinner I've ever seen a check be dropped off in my life. And can we say, huh. the best meal we had was the meal that I found us in the bus station. It was good. That sandwich was fire. I'll never again have another Reuben because I can't. Yeah. No, nothing will compare. You were talking about it. I didn't taste it, but mm. it was. It looked good. I've talked about that sandwich to so many people now. <laughs> They're like, we get it. Hey, did you win that award? Now, who cares about the award? Wait to hear about this sandwich. <laughs> would you go back to New York just for that sandwich? I would. <laughs> I've even told, I said, my wife, I said, look, if I ever take you to New York, we are going to the bus station to get that Reuben. And I don't care what else. You want to go to Broadway? Fine. Just get a sandwich. Yep. (laughs) All right. Let's do some history. It's funny. I feel weird being back here today. Why? I I don't know. I just feel like, because we weren't here for like five days. So I just, I feel bizarre. Feels like an old shoe to me. Yeah. Well, Wood, here's uh, on this, a bit of radio history on this day back in 1938. Orson Welles and the Mercury Theater on the air in The War of the World by H.G. Wells. Orson Welles broadcast his radio play of H.G. Wells, The War of the Worlds. And that's, that's kind of been, um, 
I guess a little built up more than what it actually was. Like mm-hmm. everyone's like, "Oh, people were panicking and all this stuff," and they're like, "Yeah, there was some panic, but it wasn't like this world or like this countrywide right. panic. People weren't running out of the streets shooting it or whatever." Right. Yeah, uh, it was on this day. What? This is a big one. Back in 1964. Ah, the Buffalo Wing, an American institution as old as time. Well, not really. 1964. It was created by Teresa Bellissimo at the Anchor Bar in Buffalo, New York, for her son and some friends as a midnight snack. And I can't think of a better midnight snack than a buffalo wing. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know if it's the Nobel Peace Prize. I don't know if it is whatever award. That woman deserves it. Uh, maybe she did get an award. I don't know. I wonder if she's still alive. I, I'm telling Teresa you. Bellissimo. There is nothing better than a well-made, crispy chicken wing, man. If you get it right. And we, you and I actually, speaking of New York, had this argument. Are you a flats or a drummy guy? I don't care. Okay. I'll go ham on either one. And usually I will, but if you had your choice, if there were two wings left. Probably and, a drummy guy. Okay. I'm a flats guy. I, I don't, I, but it, again, it doesn't matter to me. I feel like the flats do a better job of holding the ranch can or I, blue cheese. Can I tell you something I learned literally just, I don't know, about three weeks ago? I didn't know that was just one piece of chicken cut in half. What do you mean? Like, so, like, when you go to, when I go to make chicken wings at home and I have to buy the whole wing. Right. And you cut it down the joint and you have the drummy and the flat. There's the three parts, then you got that little odd nub thing you just But I never why. knew that before. Really? I, I was literally a grown man with a mortgage and I didn't know that that was one piece of wing cut in two. Did you think they were just like different parts of the chicken? I didn't know. I guess I never really thought it through. Here's the other thing that really freaks me out. Say you sit down and you eat 20 chicken wings. Yeah. That was... Ten chickens. Yeah. That's, they gave their life. I have annihilated a lot of chickens in my day, and I'm okay with it. What it was on this day back in 1990. Yo, VIP. Let's kick it. Oh, it was a big day for a young Kelly Jordan. Vanilla Ice's Ice Ice Baby hits number one on the charts. All right, stop. Collaborate and listen. And man alive to this song Oof. take off. I don't know if there's anyone who's made more out of being a one-hit wonder than Vanilla Ice. Like a one-hit like pop rap wonder. He's definitely on the Mount Rushmore of all that. And then I don't know, does he even have the rights? Because he did sign over the rights to Suge Knight. If you believe the story, yeah. he claims Suge Knight held him off of a balcony. It won the yeah, the publishing rights to Ice Ice Baby. On like the fiftieth floor. It wasn't like the second ri- you know, second floor of the Red Roof Inn. Right. It was like way up in a high rise. They held him off the balcony till he signed it. Now most people, I, there's no way I would believe this. Suge Knight? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe it. That dude had some unorthodox business practices. Well, it worked for a while, and then all of a sudden everyone starts getting shot and you go to jail. Eh, that's where it falls apart. Yeah, slow her down then. Um, celebrating a birthday today. I only got one for you, Wood. Maybe I should talk with a deeper voice. Hey. <laughs> the Fonz. Henry Winkler, it's his birthday today. I never understood why he had a New York accent living in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Well, didn't he move there? I don't know. But it was always weird to me. I was like, why? A lot of them, all the tough guys in the in those shows had New York accents, as if everyone from New York is tough. Oh, oh, take it, ace. But yeah, I, that's a good point. I, it, but his parents weren't around either, right? No, that's why he was living above this other kid's family's yes. garage. That's you know, that just made another thought pop into my head. I don't understand why all the kids on Greece had New York accents when they're supposed to be going to school in California. 
I've never watched Grease. Run, so that, run that one up the flagpole for a second. Now, the problem is Henry Winkler has been around for like ever, mm-hmm. but he's looked the same like the last 35 <laughs> years. Yes. I honestly have no idea how old he is. I'm going to see 82. Uh, but you're a little bit high on that. <clears throat> 78 years old. Wow, I thought it was on the low end. No, he's 78, has and he has a reputation of being one of the nicest people in Hollywood. Right, incredibly kind. Like uh, you see all these people, people that have you know taken pictures with him and things like that. Yeah. Seems like a really good dude. So happy to root for his success. Yeah, and of course, if it's your birthday today, we want to wish you a happy birthday as well. 